0: You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom.
1: Glad to have you again for another Physics Ed Podcast. We're talking STEM as usual and today we're hanging out with Dr Peter Howley, who is a professor of statistics and systems improvement, and importantly, heads up the National Schools Poster Competition where schools right across Australia can submit their ideas about how to present data in a meaningful way. And it can be any type of experiment you can think of, and it doesn't necessarily have to be science. It could be arts, humanities, geography, history, you name it. You can present it and potentially win prizes for your school. So today we're going to talk about statistics, how to make it meaningful for your students, and what is it that makes a really good poster when it comes to presenting knowledge, and that's an important part of the National Schools Poster Competition. So let's dive right into this and chat with Peter Halley.
0: This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech, and more. To see 100 fun, free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments.
1: Mate, it's really good to have a chat. We hung out at the Hunter Valley only recently for STEM 2023. And um, if you're listening in the future, (laughs) uh, there's an ongoing event that happens with um, STEM type things with schools in the industry. And it's a fantastic thing. It was really good to catch up.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, That was a great event um, as it is annually out there and uh, getting people together, talking about integrated STEM, looking at all the activities, initiatives that exist, uh, trying to work out what might be best for each teacher in their different fields. Um, But yeah, like most things, you get away from the workplace, you get that chance to be able to have some free thinking and then hopefully you get that chance to then uh, take all the things that you've learned and uh, bring them back and put them into practice.
1: Oh, for sure. And uh, like we were just talking in the green room prior about when um we get asked what we do and sometimes you go, I don't know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I understand that feeling. So I'm actually going to ask you that right now. Um, what is it that you do? And we've got a bit of things to chat about, certainly in this session, but what is it that you actually wear with one of your main hats?
2: Oh, main hat. Well, there's many. Um, mm-hmm. I, look, Data and systems are ubiquitous. And mm-hmm. so, as a professor of statistics and systems improvement and continuing practitioner in these fields since probably the mid 1990s, I get to play in everyone's backyard. That's what I get to do. So I get to collaborate with people from many walks of life and fields and lead or support investigations that I guess will ultimately um, inform or positively impact people's lives, both on a personal individual level and broader societal context. And I guess I also get to educate, inspire, support school and higher education students and professionals uh, in achieving their growth, uh, organisational advancement or achievement. So my, my expertise is around systems thinking, total quality management, quality improvement, statistics, data science, data analytics, and integrated STEM. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I've created programs at university um, and also national and international uh, healthcare and educational professionals and organisations I've worked with um, I guess I've been an expert advisor to uh, ACARA, New South Wales Department of Education, uh, STEM Industry Schools Partnership Program, ACT Education, as well as working in that healthcare space on uh, national and uh, international investigations. Um, Some of my appointments, uh, Vice President of the Hunter Innovation and Science Hub, uh, National Chair of Statistical Education for the Statistical Society of Australia. Director of the National Science and Engineering Challenge that goes out to all schools across Australia. Uh, Inaugural Science and Technology Australia STEM Ambassador, um, Director of Step Change for Industry and Education. And uh, I guess I create and deliver national educational initiatives and programs surrounding statistics, systems thinking and integrated STEM and supporting the development of cr- those core cross-functional skills uh, for students and also for teachers. And I guess today I'm going to talk about one of those programs, which is for years 3 to 12, students nationally, uh, and has international leg as well, and free to participate, which is the National Schools Poster Competition.
1: Which is going to be fantastic to have a chat about, and there's definitely something that people get involved in, not just this year, and other years as well. And I was actually just thinking as you listed all these things off, I swear it's like, talk, whenever I speak with people who do a lot of things, it's like listening to someone describing a Hydra with lots of different heads, <laughs> with all these different things happening. There's so many different things that we can fall into. And it's fantastic that you can impact at scale for sure. I mean, and this poster comp is very much the case. Can I just ask, what made you fall into statistics in the first place?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Look, it was sort of a natural evolution. Mm-hmm. Um and look, as I say this, please don't be put off by it, but sure. you know, I, I guess I was good at mathematics and then there was that moment where statistics got brought into mathematics. And the reason I say please don't be put off by that is some of the big things that I'm more about now is widening the funnel because people do tend to think of statistics as being, oh, you have to be good at maths. And it's actually not the case and more and more so with the use of computer or existence of computers. But there is this aspect of statistical thinking. It's about recognising that, you know, when you're running the big clinical trials, well, how big a sample do we do we, do we need? Well, if everyone was the same, we'd only need one person to test mm. medications on. Yes, or Maybe exactly. a second person to compare them with as a control group. Mm. But why do we not have that? Well, it's because we have variation. We have variation in how people respond or react due to maybe their age or comorbidities. And so when we're designing investigations, we have to be mindful, creative of those aspects of making sure that we're getting representation from all those potential sources of variation. Uh, so that's how I came to be. But uh, as I say, I like to make sure that people feel that data and I guess analyses are more accessible um, than you have to do mathematics or be able to be good at maths to be able to do it.
1: I like how it's approached from assistance point of view. Um, I remember actually, and this is actually, so, I mean, I think I've studied this story a couple of times in this podcast, I'm apologies if you listened to this before and you've heard this, but this is real. So I was one, one of those classic students in undergraduate that didn't quite get statistics, hadn't been exposed to various symbols and things when I went through my high school and then suddenly I had to learn said stuff And the first unit, just barely scraped by. And funnily enough, the penny dropped on the second unit. So I went through a barely a pass to the HD thing because I suddenly, suddenly Got it. It didn't cause my, it wasn't because I suddenly understood the mathematics thoroughly, I kind of understood what it was trying to achieve.
2: Yeah. Uh, and that that application is often a big driver uh, for statistics. So uh, where people have this need for data uh, and can see how and where it's actually going to be used is a key thing. And, you know, in, in schools, statistics tends to be sort of taught in separate parts, Hmm. And it tends to be taught in a way that here's some data. So no real context, or it's put into a context, but it's not necessarily of interest to those who might be trying to learn about statistics. Uh, And then often it gets very much, not necessarily at schools, but as your example at at, uh, university, it gets driven by these, these methods, all the underlying, you have to know these assumptions and I mean, ultimately, if you want to inspire someone and get them engaged, you want to give them those aha moments or those aspects of where, wow, it's actually getting used. And I didn't realize it was getting used in that way. And so I guess that for me is a big driver, having that practitioner background. I like to bring in all of those sort of examples. Uh, and you know, to highlight that you now it is part of being able to identify whether a new medication is going to be useful uh, or, or work or not. Or I got Got to work with a forensic anthropologist. I mean, in times of mass disaster, mm-hmm. they find body parts, and they were interested in being able to predict a person's sex and also height based on a given body part that they found. So we could do a study, and I mean, in short, we did what's called a line of best fit at school. Um, we got some data from live people on based on whichever the particular body part was, their heights, and then we did a, a, a scatter plot. And then we did a line of best fit, which is known as a regression line in statistics, and essentially you get the equation. And then so you can predict a person's height based on the body part that then is found. So there's many of those sort of examples of how and where statistics gets used that people perhaps aren't aware of. But oh, we all like sure. to ask. We all like to ask questions. We all like to know these answers, and it's that inquisitive nature which has got me involved in being able, in running these sort of competitions, like the poster competition. It Sort of, uh, I guess, builds on that interest that we all inherently have, uh, whatever it is that you're particularly then interested in.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, funnily enough, I was actually teaching a program on dinosaurs last week, and I was describing a particular dinosaur that only found its foot. And I said, "Yeah," and then the dinosaur stood about this high, and the kid naturally said. Mm. Uh, how do you know that? I was like, well, funnily enough, <laughs> we went into exactly what you were describing. Um, it's real. And I love how this um, these disciplines can um, swap between different, um you know, these knowledges. The, this is the thing is that it's one thing to understand the knowledge. It's one thing, another thing to present it. And this is what the National Statistics competition is all about. How and why is it important for students to really understand that posters are important to communicate scientific ideas and importantly data.
2: Yeah, so the poster idea is essentially a visual presentation of your investigation, uh, and so that allows for creativity, uh, that as well as the critical thinking and the collaboration. And so it's rather than just putting pen to paper and writing something up, it's about Introducing ways of appealing to people—in this case, the judges—or if it's a physical poster, people who are walking by to then stop and look at your particular poster. And so, coming up with uh, even titles that are going to be appealing and intriguing and uh, get attention is a skill, and it's it's valuable not just in data and statistics, but actually more broadly. And that's one of the things that I particularly. Uh, hope to achieve and I believe does through this poster comp which is develop all of those core future workforce skills those cross-functional skills Uh, and so communicating data is important and I often ask people what's the point of a visual display and it's to succinctly communicate key information that's pretty much it Uh, and so when you're coming up with a visual display you should be reflective and think, well, is this the best display? And I often give the example of a 3D pie chart and I ask people to pick which is the biggest piece and it's hard to dis- to identify. And then I present it in two dimension and even then it's hard to, d- to identify. But then when you present it in a Pareto chart, which is essentially a bar chart, but they're arranged in decreasing order of frequency, immediately you can see which is the biggest. And that's because it's harder for the eye to distinguish between angles than it is linearly. So even little things like that about knowing the best visual display for that purpose of communicating uh, information succinctly uh, is part of the whole statistical thinking uh, suite of, of things.
1: How long has the competition been going for?
2: This is its 10th year, actually. Um, so, yeah, uh began as a pilot in 2014 uh, and continued thereafter um, with grants and other things, helping support it, development uh, resources and materials, uh, and, and many late nights by me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Isn't that the case when it comes down to the judging that this is very real? I've been involved in that this stuff as well. Um, okay, so you mentioned there's quite a broad range of grades involved. Um, I mean, do you see a significant difference between, say, a grade six student's work and a grade nine student's work? I mean, you, mm-hmm. I guess on the face of it, you'd expect so, but then again, I've been on the judging panels before of various things, and sometimes the younger ones do better.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. It began as a secondary schools poster competition. Um, Hmm. And so then schools, primary schools were basically contacting and saying, can we play too? And so then it just expanded in its second year um, to have primary schools involved. And I've got to say primary schools is actually a a nice um, area because you don't have that uh i guess siloed learning that you might then ha- it gets introduced uh, at uh, high school and i think integrated stem is trying to then now overcome that but still we'll we'll speak to the primary school aspect because you have a teacher who's teaching all of these different aspects and is looking for ways to bring all of the different um learning areas together that's why having this at that level is is very important in terms of the, the styles of um, the, the questions that come up. I mean, all questions can be important. Mm. It's about then connecting it to, I guess, real life as well. Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, we had one that was looking at the de- deterioration of teeth in various liquids and on the face of it, that's great. And looking at milk and and, and I guess juice and so forth and seeing what happens. But dentists actually look at the back of our teeth to see whether we might be having reflux and other such things. And so drawing those components, not just simply, oh, okay, how does it deteriorate differently in these different liquids? But then bringing that practical application is really valuable um, as, as part of that expansion. But, yeah, the examples that we have, um, it's about looking at you know, resources and how well utilised they are uh, in different places. So one was looking at Canberra bike Paths, for example, and that was done by a Year 5-6 team. And, and one of the things they loved in part of the testimonials video there is about that they got to lead, they got to come up with a question and they got out in the field and they started to collect the data and so forth. And that that leadership and, and having that opportunity of bringing all those elements together uh, is what's often um, very, I guess, w- well received um, by the students.
1: So there'd be some um, teachers listening in who haven't been involved and may want to be is it something where they can have the students completely lead it and it's done within the school? Or do you suggest them reaching out to other industries and actually doing a real practical world world example with a third-party group? Is that a thing that you suggest is worthwhile? Yeah, look, it's probably
2: wow. one of those things that I perhaps should be a bit more prescriptive at times because I know people like that. But it is that opportunity of anything is permissible. So yeah. all you mentioned there. Um, And often, you know, when you go to an industry, that's great because of that real practical element. And if your students are going to be receptive to that, it's a great idea. Other students, they want to talk about and and investigate what they're interested in. And that might be sports or it might be space or it might be marine biology or it might be the sustainability, anything it is. And that then is a great motivator and impetus for them to take that lead and, and get involved. So. I see the teacher's role in all of this is as a facilitator, yep. um, And and that's how I am when I have gone to schools and actually helped to to run these. Um, I basically stand up at the board, explain what a statistician does in practice, give them some of the examples, like the forensic anthropologist and so forth example. And then I say, you get to basically do such an investigation, but just on a small scale, obviously given within the resources that you might have and, and abilities. Um, And so what are the topics? What are the areas you're interested in? I'll stand at the board and just write them up there. Anything that they wanna say, they can then give some information as to what they might like to investigate in that area or not. Once they're all up on the board, we've exhausted that, then we iterate back through and say, okay, show of hands, you can choose three or four that you still might be interested in. And then that just scrubs off some that perhaps has limited uh, general interest. And then it's a matter of, okay, this time round, You're going to put your hand up if you would like to do investigation on these remaining topics and which one. And from there, we then start to think, well, what are the questions that you might like to answer uh, in in this particular area? And then it evolves. And we've got like a four minute video that basically helps teachers to be able to deliver it in that manner.
1: G'day, it's Ben here. I hope you're enjoying this particular chat. And guess what? There's so much more you can do with your science teaching. Head on over to physicseducation.com.au. There are complete and comprehensive teaching units that you can get your hands on if you click on the top you will find there are a whole bunch of scope and sequences cross-curricular teaching ideas hundreds of printable experiments and activities videos risk assessments marking rubrics you name it it's all there and it's all linked to the curriculum and it's something that you can implement right now head on over to physicseducation.com.au and check out what's on offer that's really handy i was actually just thinking. um, One of the questions we get in the various STEM competitions we're involved in, if they're going to present their ideas on a poster, there's always this tension between the graphical elements and the data and how much stuff do I put on the page? And I guess that's what I'd love to ask you is in your world, what matters? Is it a balance? Should it be shifted? Like, I suppose it's the audience who's got to, you know, distill this information, you know, understand it. What matters? Should it look pretty? Should it have well-conceived data tables that can be. What is it that you're looking for?
2: Well, it's a good question, and that's why we do put judging criteria mm. up to make sure that people can, I guess, adhere to the the key aspects. And I guess it's they've they're founded around a few things. One is clarity of message.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: is it just understandable? Is there a clear aim? And even in saying that, having a clear aim, all of these things, it's really important to reflect and to look at it from different perspectives. What might be obvious to you may not be obvious to others. Um, You know, are the objectives clear? Do you have something that's going to be interesting? And I always suggest comparison groups is something that can bring an additional level of interest. So rather than just report upon, oh, people like this the most, for example, well, did it differ between age groups or grades at school or gender or other such things? And that then just gives an, an additional element. The um, you do need to uh, to be able to describe adequately your methods because that's critical that you can be shown to to reliable, valid. I mean, they're technical terms, but basically it's about being able to be repeatable and such. And this it is balance. I, I mean, that's that's my key mantra in life in general, but in particular for the poster com, it is that balance of if the visual if you have to describe a, a visual display in great detail. Then the visual display hasn't done its job so you want to use it in a way that it's it's visually appealing but when when the eye gets there it's going to get the key information really quickly Uh, and so having that representation of variation is another critical point i noticed with for example a lot of people do science experiments and you do it once and write it up well if you did it again you get some slightly different uh, answers. And so having that repetition allows you to better understand that whole system or experiment that you're running and what might happen. Um, So there's sort of some elements of the things, the visual displays, the tables, yes, text. um, And we give information about what size text you should include as well, uh, making sure it's legible. The creativity and importance is also another dimension upon which um, the, the judging criteria are based. Um, is it creative? I remember one title was how to make uh, two-minute noodles in three minutes.
1: <laughs> and, I wonder how that went.
2: So, you know, that's when we add sachets. There's salt in there. Um, mm. And so salt impacts the the boiling time um, for water. And so that was what it was looking at, the, the relationship is. between boiling time and, and um Well, that's the
1: thing. It doesn't have to be necessarily an elaborate experiment. I mean, I actually do remember physics 101, literally at my uni, the very first experiment was boiling water, uh, stirring versus not. That's all it was. (laughs) It's a very simple experiment. And yes, stirring wins. And by the way, if you do put your noodles in for eight, nine minutes, it soaks up the liquid so badly. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I I digress. All right. So do you have, I suspect for having run for 10 years, and this will be going for much longer. You would have had other schools from overseas curious about this, I'd imagine. So, yeah, yeah,
2: I do. And I actually, um, because I'm on the International Statistical Literacy Project uh, advisory board, um, I actually can then connect them up with uh, perhaps some organisations overseas that are running. I know New Zealand's been keen to actually run, uh, be involved in this Australian comp uh, as well. Um, But that's the first thing, which is, it is an Australian focused um, competition However, there is also an international leg of the competition uh, for the divisions which go to year 10 and the year 11, 12 division. Uh, And we've had Australia win um, a couple of those, a couple of times as well uh, in that international leg.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So that means that I suppose if you're listening in and you're in a country where you clearly have no poster comp, you could use this in some ways with permission. You know, reach out to Peter. there is no reason why you couldn't set up a competition like that in your country and align
2: completely true. I mean, let's say at the the lowest, the smallest level, first of all, at your, in your particular class. So, you know, you can get online, it's SSA poster comp.info and you can look at all the free resources. Um, There's even some uh, free software there that you can then put data into and and get results from. Um, There's some, Short videos of people who are from practice uh, from diff- various fields, NASA, Qantas, um, New South Wales Health and so forth, talking about how and where statistics gets used in practice for them. They're all four minute videos. Um, anyway, there's a whole lot of those sort of resources and yeah run it in your own classroom and, and then from there, you can then grow it to be across different classes or if you've got a community of practices. Uh, to then talk with other teachers and develop that sort of, you know, that that network uh, building. And you can then, or it might be that there is someone running it locally that I can help um, connect you with as well. So reach out and, um, yeah, I can help in those areas.
1: Well, this very much sits amongst me in the STEM world. Do you find that mainly the science teachers in high school take it up or does the maths faculty pick it up? Like, where do you find it tends to shift?
2: Yeah, um, it is definitely... uh, I guess, foremost of the mind of those in the maths and the sciences. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, extension science is all about, although it's an individual um, project, it's all about this. And and it's quite you know, high level. They talk about F tests and T tests and all oh, these yeah. things. So, um, but, yeah, it is um, mainly them who think, who identify, but part of my job and in these resources is to help people to identify that actually it's across all the fields. And one of the key things is the general um, capabilities in the, the national curriculum and how this helps in, no matter what field you're in to be able to achieve and address all those general capabilities, no matter what key learning area it is. Um, I remember a debating team, actually, it was three females um, early on. They were interested in how well represented um, ethnic backgrounds were, Uh, in TV advertisements. I mean, so that's more sort of, I guess, current affair or sort of those sort of aspects, um, social aspects that are of interest. That's not unique to mathematics or um, the sciences. Uh, And so looking at geography and looking at anything where you're interested in comparing um, across different countries or areas, whatever it might be, there is that opportunity to do an investigation and connect with data because we know data's all around us. We know that when we click like on something on social media, the robots go to work in the background. They're not physical robots, but you know what I mean. The algorithms um, to work out what um, marketing material to present to you based on the, the things that you tend to like. Um, we know that we need to be able to critically appraise information um, to be able to come up with our own decisions of what things are true or not true. And so all of those skills, that's not unique just to maths and the sciences. So whilst, yes, we get a lot of people from those areas, um, I'd encourage and and give examples of all those where it's from outside those areas as well, where we see um, contributions. And I guess particularly in primary school, of course, where they're not sort of as fixed on a particular discipline.
1: So if you're listening into this, pass it across your faculties. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why not? It definitely can be the case. Hey, um, I'm just thinking as, as as we sort of think about the students, because eventually it's about the students. Mm. If you're in front of students, or more importantly, if you I mean, we can't be everywhere. So if you've got teachers in front of students and you're wanting to them to get inspired in considering statistics as a potential career, what would be the advice that you give teachers to be able to get them on that journey?
2: Don't mention statistics. That would be yeah. so It's called the National Schools Poster Competition for a reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that's changed actually over the last few years. There is this greater appetite and recognition and, and even, I guess, interest in data and statistics. Um, but the first I uh, do it by subterfuge. So yeah, it, the program builds on something that's inherent to all of us, namely our curiosity or in, inquiring mind um so that may exist in various forms but ultimately we we each ask questions on varying levels and, and want to know more that might be about who's the best at sports or it might be about that uh, aspects of space or you know about animal populations uh or even where's the best place to shop or, or what breakfast meals are good for us so you know, nutrition and health and so forth um is, is this medication going to be good for people all of these things um are already within us so that's why I tend to use that term investigation. Um, and I guess in in teacher language, often it's about the inquiry learning and those sort of aspects. But it is that that drives this whole poster competition, which is come up with a topic, come up with a question you'd like to answer. Then you'll ultimately need to collect some data information to be able to answer that question and then write it up, create it in poster format, what you did your investigation on. That's the simplicity of it.
1: Fantastic. So if you're listening in, definitely head on over to ssapostercomp.info and uh, find out all that information and potentially, and if you're listening in this year, <laughs> you haven't got too long to submit it's in the earlier parts of November. So um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a huge lift too. If you've not done a single thing, if you've never heard of it and you suddenly think, oh my gosh, I'd love to be involved. It doesn't necessarily have to be an over the top thing. I mean, gosh, I mean, do a variant of the boiling noodles version, <laughs> whatever it is, just produce yeah. something that's uh, meaningful.
2: Yeah, and there are examples of uh, winners and honourable mentions from all, each of the past 10 years. There's also feedback that we've given for those particular. Um, posters to help um, people who are going to be uh, involved or to help those who have um, participated and and want to improve for next time so yeah look it can become where do I look first but that's where I'd probably suggest um, have a look at those examples get some insight as to the types of things we're looking at in those criteria um, and yeah get in contact and let me know if there are things that you'd need help with or assistance with Um, we've had, you know, the CSIRO STEM professionals uh, who come to schools and help to facilitate uh, this competition as well. Um, So, yeah, there are many opportunities. And uh, as uh, Ben was mentioning there, yes, there's a few weeks left for this year, but um, you could be preparing for next year because it'll be on next year as well. And you can submit any time during the year. It's just that we end it by the the 10th of November um, each year. But it doesn't need to be over the top. But just getting people that opportunity, even if you don't have time in class, just letting the students know and perhaps facilitating to some extent and saying who'd like to get together and do these sort of projects, and I'm sure you'll find people who like to do that
1: too. I agree. And I was just thinking about all the projects that you probably have already done this year. Someone will have produced some sort of write up somewhere in your class. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's now put it onto a competition. Why not? Just challenge them, right? we we got a couple of hours. Let's make it happen.
2: Yeah, um, now there's prizes for each division for the winners, uh, and also for the winning school. They also get um, prize monies as well.
1: Awesome! Always nice to have a carrot at the end. <laughs> so <laughs> and but...
2: certificates for everyone as well of who participates,
1: of course. Oh, fantastic! Well, thank you, Peter. It's really great hanging out with you again, and um, all the best for this year's comp.
2: Thanks for your time and I hope to hear from many of you out there listening to this podcast.
0: We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more.
1: So I hope you enjoyed that chat all about the National School's poster competition. Are you excited to join? I reckon you probably should be. Your students will enjoy showcasing their ideas and competing against others and potentially winning prizes for your school. So... Go on over to the website, go to ssapostercomp.info and find out all about it. Check out those introductory videos, find out what others have submitted and get inspired to submit something yourself. I hope you enjoyed this chat. I certainly did. You've been listening to me, Ben Newsom for Physics Education. This is the Physics Ed Podcast and I hope to catch you another time.
0: You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. E-O-N dot